Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis of the Horn. Welcome back to the Sports Complex on a Monday afternoon after the Super Bowl on the show today. We'll get into Texas' big win over West Virginia, did what they needed to do, handled their business at home, which we just have not seen a lot, but it looked good on Saturday. Lots of other action happening in the Big 12. Another big game happening in the Big 12 tonight. We'll get into all that. The NBA is getting into All-Star Weekend week. So we'll get our final games and talk about what's happening in the NBA after the trade deadline before the All-Star game. We'll also, of course, talk some Super Bowl with the Chiefs winning again last night. We'll get into that. Uh, We'll talk a little other NFL news as well. The Cowboys make the D.C. position official uh, about an hour ago. We'll talk about that as well, as well as your text messages here on the show, 512-447-3776. 512-447-3776 is the text line number. That is where you guys can join the show. You guys drive the show. I just try to keep it on the rails. Whatever you want to talk about. If you have Super Bowl takes that you want to get in there, if you want to, uh, if you have commercials that were your favorite, or if you have, uh, you know, theories or whatever else you want to get into. Go ahead and send those in on the text line. 512-447-3776 is the text line number. We'll try and get to everybody here on the show today. Talking Super Bowl, talking basketball, talking all the good things in sports. Uh, Let's get right to it. I hope everybody did have a fun time watching the game last night as... uh, it, it was a, you know, it's a Super Bowl. It's fun. And it was actually a, you know, a great game, which you don't always get. You get an overtime game. You get a, you get a, you know, a performance from Patrick Mahomes that you come to expect now from Patrick Mahomes. But apparently, you know, they, they, the reason why we always said all week, I can't find a way to bet against Patrick Mahomes. And then he showed why uh, some, some, you know, Kyle Shanahan, unfortunately, he's going to have to question, get questioned again uh, and question himself on some of the decisions he made in the Super Bowl. But, at the end of the day, you just know those Chiefs and Andy Reid are really, really good. So I'm going to get more into the Super Bowl in the 5 o'clock hour. I uh, hope you guys have some texts that you have some takes and some uh, some questions or some some uh, 
some beliefs of why the Super Bowl went away it did. We'll get to those as well as we get into it. Uh, but I do want to start off the show talking about Texas basketball. We try and go Texas basketball uh, in the 4 o'clock a lot of times. And uh, they did what they needed to do on Saturday. Handling business. A team that has had a lot of problems getting started at home. A team that is, you know, was in need of being able to handle business against a, you know, West Virginia team that they have a lot more talent than, but West Virginia was able to beat them in West Virginia. So you have to come back and you hope not only is this a game that you go out and get a win, but you were hoping they could win like they did in a huge 36 point win, 50, 94 to 58, putting up tons of points, letting everybody get almost everybody get into the game. Uh, it, it was just, it was, it was nice to see that, you know, there was that little bit at the beginning where they kind of went back and forth, and then all of a sudden Texas put their foot on the gas and never looked back. They win the first half 55-30, to 30, and they even win the second half 39-28. to 28. There wasn't as much. You didn't see a, a necessary slip in the second half. The reality was in the second half they played better defense than they played in the first half, uh, that they went in the locker room and came back out and made the scoring wasn't still working as well. You know, you weren't going to be able to shoot at the same clip you were shooting in the first half, but they were able to play better defense and slow down West Virginia even more, allowing only 28 points in that second half. Uh, but I mean, just it's so many things that went well that, you know, you wish you probably could have saved a little bit for other people. The fact that you had five turnovers in the game, you didn't turn the ball over is something you want to see from this Texas team. If they can continue to, uh, hold on to the ball and not give the ball away you rebounded the ball pretty well in the game I mean for you know you you do lose a rebounding battle by a, a rebound but you rebound pretty well in the game you don't necessarily get blown out there Dylan DeSue has himself a game starts off perfect he still goes seven for 10 from three with 27 points I mean and you, when you talk about what Dylan DeSue's future is and he has games like that where he's shooting the three like that it, it really tells you you know, what potential he has at the next level because everybody wants to stretch big now. Everybody wants to stretch big. And if Dylan DeZoo can continue to do that uh, and shoot anywhere close to that, I mean, you no know one's shooting 70% all season, uh, but just a great game from Dylan DeZoo across the board, uh, just playing really well. He was going up against uh, some bigger guys that he may have had some trouble with in the past, did not have any trouble there. Tyrese Hunter got going in the game, goes eight for 12, three from three of four uh, from behind the arc, uh, makes a big difference there. Max Acemas, his uh, level of contribution across the board seemed to be much better. He has 19 points. He shoots 6 of 13, so it wasn't that he is his best shooting game, but he does end up getting six rebounds. He doesn't allow them to get a ton of offensive rebounds on him. He does get nine assists. He's very uh, a part of the game uh, on both ends, and you want to see that. Because I was critical of him, and I've been critical of him, that when he's not scoring, when the team is struggling, he really doesn't turn it on on the defensive end, and it becomes a problem. Like it's it's a thing that's a pet peeve of anybody who follows basketball is if you see a ball bounce on a rebound and no one's running at it, no one's trying to get it, and then especially if the ball bounces and your your guy gets it, you just can't allow that to happen when you're trying to win. When you're trying to when your goal is to compete deep into March. Uh, you would like to be – you can't let the ball bounce to the other team. Uh, you have to be able to go and get those. He was doing that uh, in this game, and you want to see that continue. You need to see the all the positives of this. You know, you're not going to be able to shoot 65% uh, from the field in the first half every week. 
in every game. You're not going to be able to do that. But you can use some of the things of your effort and your ability to show that this is a team that can hang with anybody, that they can put up those big numbers. And, I mean, just put out a great game. And, it, you know, you look at the shooting numbers in the second half. They weren't great. Uh, they were 37%, but 43% from the uh, three-point line in the second half of Texas. But, impressively, the the shooting numbers for West Virginia in the second half, West Virginia shot 50% in the first half. They just didn't get a ton of shots up because of turnovers uh, and just not being able to get the ball out. But uh, on the other side, in the second half, they only shoot 29%, 18% from three. Texas goes out and plays a much better defense in the second half, uh, contributes to getting the big win. Texas also scores 29 points off of turnovers in the game. You know, something where you have to capitalize on your other team's mistakes, start to pull away, start to um, demoralize and demean the team by uh, – you know, compounding their mistakes by scoring on them. They were able to do that in the game. Uh, and it just kind of all came together for Texas in a game where you were able to walk away with that. This is your your kind of bye week where you don't have a game during the week. You don't play again until Saturday, and it's a huge game on Saturday going to Houston. Uh, but you get your rest. You get to game plan for that a little bit more. You get to work towards that one a little bit more. But you have a really good taste in your mouth going into this week of practices. You're not going into it. Uh, with a five-point win over West Virginia where it came down to the wire and you had to have some big plays and you were missing a lot of shots and you weren't doing things well. You don't have that. So you have confidence going in. Confidence is great for shooters, and Texas needs to hit shots. That's when they're playing their best basketball is when they are scoring and scoring at a high level and their field goal percentage is up. Uh, that hasn't been the case as much as we'd like recently. But right now, it is becoming something that they could they could build on this. And if you use this West Virginia game, where I get it is a three and seven in conference play, West Virginia they're eight and fifteen on the season. They're not a great team. We know that. We that's why we were so upset when Texas lost to them in West Virginia. But to see the growth of the team to lose that game at West Virginia and not play and not show up in it for a team that was not as good. To now, when you see what Texas did, where they came out with a mission, played with the intensity they needed to, played with played with purpose, the things they were doing are all meant to be done, and they were able to go in and get a big win uh, against the team. And it, it's not that you know you, you're supposed to be West Virginia, but in the Big Twelve, it's hard to blow teams out, and it, it feels good that Texas had the ability to pull that off on Saturday. Uh, it gives it leads you into a good week. Of practice, it leads you into a good week going into a game against Houston. To the end of this this next schedule for the next few weeks for Texas is going to be really really rough. You know you have road games against Houston and Kansas and Baylor and Tech and a lot of teams coming up that are just going to be rough. They're going to be rough because I mean that is those are some good teams and it is very hard to win on the road in the Big Twelve. But you have to be able to win at home. They're able to get that done on Saturday. You love to see that. You love to see that guys got on the court. Uh, you know, Preston Clark even got in. Devin Pryor. We saw Gavin Perryman get in and get an assist and get a rebound. You know, seeing those guys come in and get to play at the end of the game. So, you know, getting to you know not having to play Caden Shedrick too many minutes and letting him get a little bit more rest over a long week now where he. Uh, won't be as beat up and maybe a little bit healthier and get even healthier as he gets into that Houston game where you're going to need him to be able to go out there and play physical uh, with Houston on Saturday. You let your guys get a little bit more rest. I mean, your guys that played the most, Kendall Weaver and Max Aceman, both played just over 30 minutes. 
but no one played the full 40 minutes. No one went that 38 minutes, and you have the full week off this week. It's a, it was a great win for Texas to be able to get that done. You, it, you're supposed to. It's not like you get any extra credit for beating a team that you're supposed to beat, uh, but but putting up a 36-point win is always impressive, uh, no matter who it is in Division One and conference playing the Big 12. Uh, it was a good win for Texas. Some other games across the Big 12 over the weekend. Uh, Houston does go get a road win at Cincinnati. Uh, they win 67-62. Cincinnati really tried to get in there. They played them tough. Uh, 17 offensive rebounds for Houston, though, is kind of what swings it. The Cincinnati defense, though, they played tough. They hold Sheed uh, to 6 of 25 shooting. He still gets 16 points up, but you hold him to just really not shooting the ball very well. And some good bench play uh, from Skillings, his 13 points. Jizzle James has 10 points. I know our favorite, Jizzle James, has 10 points in the game as well off the bench, but they can't get it done against the Houston team uh, that I believe is now number three in the country uh, as Texas will be playing them on Saturday. UCF has the Texas Tech. Texas Tech gets the job done. Another very even game, uh, but really Texas Tech had a couple more threes than UCF, and they had a couple more free throws. And that's really the difference in this game. It was a close one. UCF played them tough. Texas Tech at home is able to pull that one out. Uh, but in reality, it was, uh, you know, UCF's 8 of 12 from the free throw line. Texas Tech is 13 to 15. And if you look at pretty much the rest of that game, it was all pretty even. They were shooting about the same. The defense was tough on both sides of the ball. That's what Texas Tech likes to do. Uh, play play rough and, uh, and physical when you get down there in Lubbock. Uh, that is going to be a tough matchup for Texas when that one comes up as well. Uh, Kansas State uh, cannot get it done at BYU, losing 72-66. to 66. Uh, 14 points off turnovers for BYU, able to take advantage of Kansas State being a little uh, heavy on the turnovers all season long. BYU can take advantage of that. Uh, and then the big game over the weekend, Baylor was at Kansas. Kansas got it done, but barely. Uh, best game for Missy so far this season, I believe, with 21 points. Uh Baylor out-rebounded Kansas by a ton, uh, 42-25. Uh, they They played them pretty well. They didn't allow anybody to really blow them out. Uh, for Kansas, again, they had the issue that uh, Johnny Furphy, the kid from Australia, the, the freshman that has kind of been the spark plug of when they're playing really well is when he's playing really well, and that everybody else fits in. Uh, he goes 2 for 8, only has 11 points, 0 for 6 from 3 for him. Uh, but he is kind of what makes him go, and so they weren't able to pull away. The reality is Baylor should have won this game. They had 21 turnovers in this game, 21 turnovers for Baylor. If they don't turn the ball over as much, and I get Kansas is forcing that to a point, but uh, you know, if you take out some of your little mental errors for Baylor uh, on the road there, they could have got a huge road win uh, as they continue on their season. They're not able to get it done. It is hard to win on the road in the Big 12 uh, but uh, Baylor got close, was not able to get it done. Kansas is going to go try and get a big road win tonight, though, uh, having to come back from that close game against Baylor on Saturday and go to a Monday game against Texas Tech in Lubbock. That'll be a game to watch tonight at 8 o'clock. Uh, two really good teams. Texas Tech is actually favored in this game. Should tell you how Texas Tech has been doing this season. Uh, that they're favored. Kansas has not looked great for most of the season. They just haven't, so it's I think Texas Tech has a really good shot uh, to have a huge win uh, against a the number six team in the country, Kansas, tonight. That would be a big, big win for Texas Tech if they can get that done tonight. Uh, looking over at the NBA, uh, the Rockets drop a couple of games over the weekend. Fred Van Vliet is out with injury, and it showed 22 turnovers on Friday, 
uh, 17 turnovers on Saturday uh, as they lost to the Raptors 107-104 on, on Friday and then the Hawks 122-113 to 113 on Saturday. DeJounte Murray, 34 points, six rebounds, seven assists in that game as well. Had a really big game. Uh, now that the Hawks have decided to keep DeJounte Murray and did not move him at the trade deadline, a lot of speculation about that. Uh, he stayed, had a big game, and the Rockets dropped a couple. But it shows you that you know when you have that young team, having a veteran point guard is a is a positive thing. As much as Fred Van Vliet has not been the greatest player this season, his leadership on the court was surely missing this week uh, for the Rockets. They'll hopefully be getting him back uh, very soon. He may be back tonight uh, as they take on the Knicks tonight. Uh, they would be a life, love to have him back when you're playing a game against Jalen Brunson and a good Knicks team. That is, uh, I believe, Randall's still out. I think uh, I know OG and Anubi is out. So they are a little beat up. This is a shot where you can take a go. You may be able to go in and uh, get some, uh, be able to st- steal a win there uh, against the Knicks. Uh, Spurs drop a game to the Nets, one twenty-three to one hundred three. Cam Thomas puts up twenty-five points. The Nets just shoot really well, and the Spurs defense was not there, uh, especially on the perimeter. They shoot fifty-six percent from the uh, from the field, fifty percent from three for Brooklyn. You know the Spurs just have to play better defense if they want to continue in these games. You know they they can compete with teams that don't shoot very well, but you know that's not a great way to run your organization is to compete competing with those teams. The Spurs uh, play tonight against the Toronto Raptors uh, at Toronto on that rodeo road trip. Uh, that was a game that the Rockets just did a couple of days ago. We'll see if the Spurs can have any difference uh, if a different turnout against a young team that is rebuilding in Toronto. And uh, we also get the uh, Thunder lose the Mavericks 146-111. to 111. Mavericks get a big win. Uh, two of their good new players come on. Doncic has a big game with 32 points, 8 rebounds, 9 assists. Uh, P.J. Washington plays 14 points, 5 rebounds. They get a big enough lead that a lot of the guys get to get on the court. Daniel Gafford also has a big game. Uh, the center they just acquired from the Wizards. Uh, he has 19 points and 9 rebounds, and they will be playing the Wizards tonight. See if Gafford wants to go out there and has a big game against his former team that'll be a fun one tonight for the uh for some nba action some good games on there tonight good game with kansas and texas tech some good basketball to watch now that football is over you gotta watch some basketball now it's getting right into the the all-star weekend around the time you might start tuning in and checking it out if you want to do that uh but we do need to get to the big fat poll of the day today if i have my sounders up we can do it just it's a Monday and I gotta remember how to do things. Patrick's big fat poll of the day on the horn. Remember now to do things on a Monday. It's Patrick's big fat poll of the day. 512-447-3776 is the text line. 512-447-3776 is the text line. And uh, you know, we're we're just gonna try and predict the future here. We're we're a day after the last Super Bowl, so we're gonna ask you the poll of the day who will win the next Super Bowl. Can the Chiefs come back and and make a three-peat for the first time in NFL history? Can they get a three-peat win? Can uh, can San Francisco get back into the game and fix some of those mistakes and San Francisco gets it? Do you know that the Cowboys going to – the Cowboys, they're going all in. I don't, I don't, I don't think you know anybody's going to say the Cowboys, but someone may say the Cowboys. Is there another team you think is going to be the Bengals, if Joe Burrow can stay healthy, the Bills? Are they finally going to get in and get their level? The Ravens, can they figure it out? A lot of teams – in there, if you had to pick, you're picking right now. You're gonna put. If I say here's uh here's fifty dollars to go to Vegas right now and put down your futures bet on who will be the NBA the NFL Super Bowl winner next season, who are you putting money on? 
Who is your team that you are putting money on? 512-447-3776 is the text line. If we can get to that, I would love to hear your takes on the Super Bowl, takes on college basketball, takes on Texas basketball. If you got anything else you want to throw in there, uh, throw them in 512-447-3776. We're going to take a quick break. We come back, we'll get some of your text messages, and we'll play a little uh, recap here from a replay of E and Rob B this morning on Hook'em Up. When we come back here on the Sports Complex in the Horn 1019, AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. Sports Complex here on the Horn. Just talked some basketball. If you got any thoughts on that, throw us on the text line. Big fat pull today, 512-447-3776. Who will be the Super Bowl winner next season? Who would you put your money on to win the Super Bowl next season? Any hot takes you got? Any uh, theories you got about the game? Anything you liked or stuck out to you? Send those texts in as well. We'll get to all of that as we continue on here on the show. 512 447 3776 is that text line number reacting to the Super Bowl last night. Uh, <laughs> to do like this, uh, but talk about Texas basketball. Let's cut to the chase that everybody wants to talk about. We've cracked the code. All we need is Dylan DeSue to be Steph Curry, and we'll be cutting down the nets. Yeah, no, if, if Dylan DeSue shoots 70% from the three point line for the rest of the season, I think Texas will have some help. Now, I'm, I, they'll start doubling him on the three-point line, which would be hilarious. But, yes, I, uh, I I don't see that happening. Something tells me that might not be uh, possible enough uh, for us to continue to shoot that well from the three-point line. But, yeah, uh, it, it was amazing to see that shooting, the the whole thing of him talking about uh, when he had, his foot was injured after the season, he couldn't do anything. LaMarcus Aldridge talked to him about how when he was hurt, he worked on his stroke and just worked on that shot and just sat in a chair and just worked on the form of the shot over and over and over again. And, man, has it paid dividends for Dylan to sue this year and just makes him so much more viable. When you I, like, I, I, If you're an NBA scout and you watch Dylan to sue's game this year versus the start of last year and then in you know into the, the, even when you looked and he was playing really well in conference play or in the conference championship, in the conference tournament, and in the Big 12 tournament, and in uh, in you know March Madness until he got hurt, uh, you were able to see him play at a really high level. But then that three point shot when he's stroking that, whew, I mean that's you just say well if he's a stretch four that you can put him at now in an NBA stretch four, that's that's what everybody wants. 
Everybody wants someone who can get in the post, play some defense, rebound, get inside some, but also stretch the court. You have to guard him on the three-point line. That's what everybody's looking for. Uh, you know, that also changes. He's got to get that stroke going uh, for an NBA three-pointer. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a huge addition to the game and a big piece of why Texas is able to compete this season because, uh, you know, maybe with not as much talent as they thought they may have had on this team, Dylan Asu needs to play at a very high level for Texas to compete uh, in the remaining end of this schedule. I uh, want to play you some stuff from Hook Him Up with Ian or IB, uh, talking a little bit about the conversation that is a bit early, but about Patrick Mahomes, and I know the word goat's being thrown around, and, and you know, I, I'm not one of the people that use that word a ton just because it the, 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 the first word is greatest, which means there should be only one of uh, from every sport and one of and you can kind of but so I, I can't say that's that he's the goat because he's not because if Tom Brady's a bar he hasn't passed Tom Brady so he's not but when we see what he's doing he is definitely uh just showing you why he should really be always considered uh the biggest threat in the NFL that you just have to try and take you have to try and take the Chiefs out any way you can to not allow them to make the playoffs because once the playoffs come he is almost unbeatable in Patrick Mahomes. Here's the morning show. It's a replay from Hook Him Up with Ian Rob B. Uh, talking about Patrick Mahomes and uh, what he did last night. All right, let's talk about, obviously, the Super Bowl and Patrick Mahomes and his goatness a little bit here. I've been on this uh, kick for a little while, of this opinion for a while, about Patrick Mahomes. Even when he hit early on in his NFL career, before he now started establishing himself as potentially being the future GOAT, He's got a superpower that uh, people aren't aware of. I don't think they're aware of it. And I, I always say every quarterback, I, I, I want to know what their X-man ability is, right? What is it that they do as well, if not better, than everybody else? In, in a certain situation, um, certain circumstance, this quarterback uh, becomes the best version of themselves. And for Patrick Mahomes, strangely enough, it's when Patrick Mahomes is down double digits. Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback in the history of football when he's down double digits. I've never seen anything like it, actually. And you can even go look at specifically just in the playoffs. As a matter of fact, guys, when you're in the playoffs and you get down double digits, that's supposed to be it. Usually that's, 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 a, that's a pretty – the odds are pretty high. <laughs> There's a pretty good chance. You're playing a playoff team. I mean, in the playoffs, qualified for the tournament. you're down double digits in the playoffs. Yes, there's a really good chance that that team is going to come out on top just because they're usually their circumstance. They're a quality team. You're a quality team. But they found a way to get up double digits. You know, it could be 10 points, could be 14 points. And you got to battle your way back. And in the midst of battling your way back, still you got to find a way to overcome and, 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 and become victorious. It's just it's tough. It's tough to do that. When, I, when you go look at the all-time greats, Tom Brady is the all-time great, but go look at some of the other all-time great quarterbacks and go look at their record. In the playoffs, down double digits. I'll give you Drew Brees, 1-8. Guy's a Hall of Famer. Get him down double digits in the playoffs and see where he gets you. One and eight. Aaron Rodgers down double digits in the playoffs. Some people say might have one of the greatest resumes in the history of the NFL for a quarterback. He's two and six when he's down double digits in the playoffs. What about Joe Montana? Joe Montana, he was the GOAT before the GOAT. Two and six down double digits in the playoffs. Brett Favre, gunslinger. He's down double digits. You know he's going to throw it all over the damn place. One and seven when he's down double digits in the playoffs. 
Peyton Manning, two and seven. Guys, when you're down double digits in the playoffs, it's usually all she wrote. Tom Brady, the GOAT, five and eight, which is amazing. Losing record, but still amazing that he's got a five and eight record when he's down double digits in the postseason. Patrick Mahomes, and well, let's go talk about the contemporaries too, because by the way, his, his peers aren't even close to that. You know it too. Josh Allen, he's 0 and 2. Joe Burrow, 1 and 2. Lamar Jackson is 1 and 4 in that situation. You're down double digits in the playoffs to a good team. Of course. I mean, you're going to have a losing record. Patrick Mahomes is now 5 and 2. <laughs> Guys, he's been down double digits in every Super Bowl he's played in. Yep. And he's won three of them. Let that sink in for a second. He is 5-2 and two in the postseason, went down double digits. We've never seen anything like it. There's never been anything like it in NFL history. That's his X-Man ability. Everything else he's doing, honestly, we've seen it done at some level. We've never seen it all in one package <laughs> like, like uh, Patrick Mahomes is doing right now. But we've seen it done here and there in the NFL. We've never seen an NFL quarterback in the postseason when they're down double digits, perform like, like uh, Patrick Mahomes. And I, I remember saying it to everybody at the stadium who's around me. I said, man, y'all know how good this dude is when he's down double digits? Because everybody was celebrating. Oh, man, 49ers up by 10. This is good. This is great. Looks like they got control of the game. I said, yeah, this is actually – he, he has you right where he wants you. This is, <laughs> he does this all the time. He, as a matter of fact, he, he hasn't played in a damn Super Bowl where he doesn't have a double-digit deficit. And he's able to fight his way back. In three of those four Super Bowls, guys, let that sink in for a second. Not even Tom Brady was that clutch. Not even Tom Brady had that kind of ability. And it's because, you know, I think part of it is his upbringing um, as a quarterback. I do. I think part of it is being, um, being the quarterback at Texas Tech those years. You know, it sounds crazy, but even when you asked him about it, they asked him about his time at Tech before and kind of, you know, what it do for his mentality as a quarterback. And he said, I kind of joke around about it sometimes, but I was kind of blessed to be in the Big 12 where you had to go and score. And if you threw an interception, you got the ball back, and you try to score again. I've kind of had that mindset where no matter what happens the last play, just focus on the next play. And he, started, you know, he talked about how in the, Big, in the Big 12 and his time at Tech, give Cliff Kingsbury some credit, even though it's, just, <laughs> it's kind of a backhanded compliment to give him because I don't think he was intentionally trying to terraform the football character of Patrick Mahomes in this way. But, guys, there were eight times over a two-season period where Mahomes would put up, like, 35 points and lose at Tech. He'd lose. He'd put up 35 points and lose. Four of those losses, he saw his team score 50 points and lose at Tech <laughs> with Cliff Kingsbury as a quarterback. Scoring 50 and lose. He has this mentality where, for some people, a huge double-digit deficit – it's, it's, it's almost hard psychologically, spiritually to overcome. Not for him. Because of his time at Tech, I think he almost, he, al he almost has acclimated and adapted his game to it where double-digit leads are nothing because he had to score so many points. And he would score 50, like I said, and lose, score 35 and lose. So a 10-point deficit for a Patrick Mahomes seems, like, small. Seems minuscule, even though that's huge. But this guy was used to being down three touchdowns and having to come all the way back. He has a different mentality than most. That's just the root of it. But obviously his football character and football DNA, he's, just, he's built different. He is him. But you've never seen a quarterback 
that performs as well as Patrick Mahomes does when they're down double digits in the playoffs. It's, you're not supposed to. You're not supposed to be able to come back down double digits. My man Shadow has been up on this dude. Double digits in the playoffs twice. That's why I started tracking it. Because I was like, this don't happen. I wanted to. I sent it to Shannon. I'm like, don't feel bad. This ain't. Trust me. Nobody else. If you were up uh, up like this on Tom Brady, if you were up like this, double digits on any quarterback, all time great quarterback in the history of the NFL, you would be a Super Bowl champion. It's just him. You're dealing with a different animal. He's different, man. He is different. Let that soak in. I think in. that's uh, very interesting about the formative uh, Texas Tech years because we know Tom Brady was kind of formed. His competitiveness came when he was at Michigan and had to compete for reps with yeah. uh, Drew Henson. Remember mm-hmm. that? With, uh, with Lloyd Carr was, would make him, you know, each, each would play a quarter in the first half and whoever played better got to play the, second, the yeah. second half and start when Drew Henson, the Yankees prospect, was the top quarterback and it was about, you yep. know, you know, recruiting stars and whatnot, yep. and Tom Brady learned to compete on every snap, yep. like every snap. But the was job a, was never his. Yes, the job was never his. who kept that up? Belichick. Belichick did. He kept drafting quarterbacks. like that as a trait. <laughs> That's right. Kept pushing the pressure. Yeah. Well, to your point of the, of the of Tech, I mean, he's just used to being behind, and you just keep playing. Yeah, you he just, just keep playing. He just his, his mind. He, I don't know, and that's, that's that's part of him too as a player. But he never grasped that he could lose that game because he always believes he could score. Now that's part of I think, like you said, his development at Tech is that you know they were an offensively centric program. That so were they're always behind. Yeah, so they're all yeah they're all built, yeah they didn't focus on defense or special teams. So they're always like no no we just got to score as many points as we can. That's how we win the game. And it's not about ball control. It's not about complimentary football. And that has helped them. And I want, want, I think Andy Reid, I don't want to fade into it a little bit too. Um, and that's why they're such a great second-half team. Part of it is his mentality. Guys, his 58 uh, winning percentage in games where his team was losing by double digits, they, basically it's 20 percentage points better than any other quarterback in NFL history, guys. He, he has a 58.3 win percentage in games where his team was losing by double digits at, any, at some point. Well, and to the, wow. flip side any is, point. the flip side is your guy Shanahan. I mean, because now – because, you know, Shanahan has now been involved in the two overtime Super Bowls because the Atlanta-New England game was overtime uh, after they blew the 28-3 lead that ended up in OT and Tom Brady hit James White for a touchdown. So now Shanahan's had two heartbreaks in Super Bowls. Uh, and you're right about Mahomes. I mean, what, what, that's, that's a great piece of research. I haven't seen that anywhere else, but uh, the greatest clutch quarterback went down in pro football history at 28 years old. It's crazy. Yeah. It's five and two in the playoffs when he's down by double digits. It, that's insane. <laughs> because you, I mean, you say that, but you're playing playoff teams. So you're playing really good teams. Great teams you're man. not playing scrubs, right? You're playing really good teams. But they've been to the Super Bowl, E. Four of them in the Super Bowl. I know. That's crazy. Uh, and you think Patrick, I mean, you think Andy Reid would always come out with a great game plan. They're not going to be behind. Oh, no. They're no. always behind. Yeah. They're always behind. They're always behind. Because you're playing another great team, whether it's Philadelphia or, uh, or obviously San Francisco twice now. Uh, my friend Mike Craven from Dave Campbell's Texas Football, by the way, Rod, uh, and co-host on the Eyes on Texas podcast that I do, he had a story that dropped yesterday where he went back and talked to his high school football, the, 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 the head coach who uh, beat Patrick Mahomes in high school. In his final high school football game, 65-60 to 60 at White House. Wow. Um, and they also talked to Zach Kidley and Eric Morris to get the – and you can read more about so wait, the, Hold on, you said that was his last game? How was the score? Yeah, he lost his last high school football game, 65-60. That's my point. <laughs> <laughs> this guy – like I said, that was, that was before Tech. There's something about the way that he has been groomed as a quarterback and his, his, uh, the path that he's taken as a quarterback. Like I said, double-digit deficits mean nothing. And they usually mean everything. Don't let him have the ball last. 
Do not let him have the ball. That's got to, and that's why I say, you know, it's, it's overly critical. I was overly critical of Josh Allen in the Buffalo game, overly critical of Kyle Shanahan here and Brock Purdy. With, coming out of the two-minute warning, you cannot give him the ball back. You have to win the game there. Whatever, all the work you've put in, all the game planning, Agreed. you have the ball with two minutes yep. and the clock on your side in a tie game. This game has to end with you guys in the end zone or kicking a field goal as the time runs out. I mean, mm-hmm. this has really got to be your mindset. I know that's easier said than done. But you just can't let him nope. have the ball. You did. And that, that's why I think the, it was a miscalculation at the end of the game, or sorry, the overtime period, that they probably should have let Mahomes have the ball first. <laughs> and then at least they would have known exactly what they would have needed to win because the mentality for Shano was, hey, we just want to make sure. Because he said we wanted the ball third, potentially, right? If they both traded off touchdowns or whatever, then they get the ball third. That was his intention. But that was a that, that mentality – kept you in the game. You were thinking about staying in the game to play with Mahomes. You have to be thinking about vanquishing Mahomes. You have to be thinking about putting your the stake in the heart. That and was, he didn't have that mentality. And that was my criticism of Josh Allen, that they had, they had a similar yeah. in Buffalo in that divisional playoff game. It was 27-24 Chiefs, but you had the ball mm-hmm. and the clock. And inside the two-minute warning, that Josh Allen took two deep shots to the end zone instead of controlling the ball, yep. Keep like it. getting first downs. Uh, just keep the clock moving. Even if you have to kick the ball to go to overtime, one thing. But you should, you, your goal should be end up in the end zone to win this game, and Patrick Mahomes never touches the ball. And that's really how every team playing him has to consider it. Exactly right. You just do. And to your point of the, the miscalculation of Shanahan, you know, if you, if you give them the ball and they score a touchdown, well, you're, you're now four-down territory the whole way down the field. Amen, bro. You're not worried about, yeah. you know, punting or field that's goals. True. And you give Kyle Shanahan four downs. It's going to make you more aggressive. It's right. going to ha- turn you into the aggressor. And, and to, the, to the Chiefs' point, I mean, Chris Jones uh, admitted after the game that they've been working on this since training camp that if they had won the toss, they were deferring and they were going to get the ball and go for two when they scored a touchdown. Because they were trying to win. Yep. And that, that, that was their the game. game. They said they had repped it yep. for two weeks. They were planning to, okay, if the Niners go down and score, great. But if mm-hmm. we go down and score, we're going for two. Yep. We're not, they aren't going to get the ball a third time. And they were prepared for that. Yeah. And, and that's, that's great coaching. Give Andy Reid a lot of credit. Like, he was prepared for that particular moment. Yeah. He, w- he, he had his team ready to go, and he already knew it, what, what strategy that he was going to use at the time. And I think Shano was a little surprised by the overtime. I think he was like, oh, okay, oh, because he said I had to go to my analytics guys and ask them, hey, what's the best course of action here, all that kind of stuff. Well, Andy Reid was ready. Yeah. Well, that's uh, – Training that's, camp, you were preparing for that moment. That's why they're champions again. That's why they're champions. Third time in five years. Yeah. Good stuff there from Hook 'em Up with Ian Robbie. Weekday morning, 6 to 11, right here on The Horn. Uh, we'll be talking more Super Bowl as we get into the 5 o'clock. Of course, on the text line, 512-447-3776. We'll keep talking Super Bowl with you guys and uh, whatever you guys want to take. And I, I've seen a couple on there we'll get to here in the next segment. We'll start to get to your text messages. Big fat poll of the day today is who will be the Super Bowl winner next season? Making your pick the day after the last one. If you had to go way out on the limb, you think this will be a good offseason, everyone's going to it's going to work out. This team will get a big win next season and win the Super Bowl. It could just be the Chiefs again. You can say that again. Uh, but that's your big fat poll of the day. Anything else you want to talk about, college basketball, NBA, you want to talk some Super Bowl, we'll get into that as well. Also want to tell you that we do know that now the Super Bowl's over and football season's over, that uh, if you uh, waited the last minute to uh, – 
to get ready for Valentine's Day and you're not sure what gift to give uh, and you uh, you have waited and not gotten anything, uh, there's an ultimate last-minute Valentine's gift just for you. If you register now on the contest page at hornfm.com, you can win tickets to see Def Leppard, Journey, and Steve Miller Band at the Alamo Dome on August 16th, plus a $100 gift card to Vince Young Steakhouse. That is a good Valentine's Day gift. You take them out to dinner, the Vince Young Steakhouse, and then you tell them we're going to a big concert on August 16th. Uh, the contest closes tonight at midnight, though, so make sure to go register now on the hornfm.com uh, contest page. Uh, that's how you can register to win those tickets and that $100 gift card to Vince Young Steakhouse. That's a cool giveaway we're doing right there. Uh, so make sure to check that out. Uh, we're going to come back, take a quick break. We'll come right back and uh, get to your text messages, 512-447-3776 here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. The Sports Complex on the Horn. Back at the sports complex on a Monday afternoon after the Super Bowl, continuing to talk about the Super Bowl. Text lines open 512 447 3776. Whatever you guys want to talk about, hit us up on the text line 512 447 3776. We're going to start getting to those text messages right now. And uh, we'll continue that into the 5 o'clock, and then we'll also start talking some more Super Bowl. Uh, we get there, a little bit more, another replay from Hook Em Up with Ian Robbie, talking more Super Bowl and more Super Bowl and more Super Bowl. You know, we, we don't have football to talk about much more, and once we get past this, then, you know, uh, there's just not going to be, you know, we don't have as much to talk about, but we'll, we'll keep it going. Then uh, Nate says, uh, did the Cowboys win? Nope, nope, they did not. They, they did not, uh, and I think free tickets are about the worst gift to receive. I have to go to a Mavs Heat game on Thursday night. Last free tickets for Cowboys. Uh, I'm old enough to just watch on TV and not drive eight hours a day and pay parking and drinks. Uh, tickets are not the worst. Tickets in Dallas maybe were pretty bad. I don't I don't need tickets four hours away, uh, and I especially if I'm the one driving. If if like I've had it where friends and like we're going to a game and then they're driving and that's cool. Free tickets can be good there, but I'm with you. There are times. Like weekday tickets too, uh, you know that's a Thursday night. You're like, well, I got still got to work on Friday, and then so now I got to drive back and then go to bed and wake up. And I, yeah, I, I, I'm with you somewhat, Nate. But I see, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't look a gift horse in the mouth. You have to, you have to, uh, you have to embrace it and go enjoy the Mavs, the new look Mavs with PJ Washington, Gafford on the team now. Got you know contenders now, contenders. Uh, Big Papa says for our uh, poll of the day, who will win the, t- the Super Bowl next year? Houston Texans coming in. Second year of C.J. Stroud. They're ready to go. D'Amico Ryan's going to take care of business. Knock the Chiefs off. And there we go. The new dynasty starting. I like it. Uh, Texter says, what about the 49ers TD where it should have been a penalty? Illegal men downfield on the wide receiver touchdown pass. Uh, I don't think it actually was. Uh, I, and I, it's It's all about interpretation of the rules in that. Uh, but the reality, but basically the rule is you can, you can't be more than a yard past the line of scrimmage, uh, as an offensive lineman, 
without the, without blocking somebody. You have to be in the, uh, the process of blocking somebody, and that's why you're pushing them downfield. Uh, and on that pass, the number it's number 64, and I can't remember the guy's name, but he comes around, and I've watched the play a few times. He comes around, and if you watch it, when he throws the ball, when, when the ball comes back throwing it to Christian McCaffrey, he's behind the line of scrimmage when the ball is thrown. And by the rule, it says when the pass happens. So then you have to say, is it in that act of the pass the entire time it's in the air he has to stay behind the line? Uh, And then he's about two yards ahead of it, a yard or two ahead of it uh, when the pass is caught. Uh, But most of the picture you're seeing is when the pass is caught, not when it's thrown. And so that's more of an interpretation of the rules where the ref doesn't have to throw the flag because it is stated when the pass is thrown uh, or when the pass happens or something to that effect. Uh, so he was behind the line when the pass was thrown. He was still behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, and I think in the Super Bowl, when you say, well, he was behind the line, he wasn't trying to get the, you know, he wasn't five yards downfield trying to get a block, which is normally when you're going to see that get called. They kind of give you the benefit of the doubt on most of them unless you're downfield setting up a block for a receiver or somebody. He was just behind and he was so, there was no one out there. And so he he was so far ahead, it, it makes it look worse. Uh, but I've seen a lot of the pictures where people are posting it, and they're really posting it in a way of like, "Look, we got." It. And you're like, "But if it's when well, we're talking about when the pass was thrown, show me that picture too." And that one is not. You're not seeing as much because it does. It it hurts the case, not helps it. Uh, and look, there's going to be penalties missed on both sides. Uh, and I saw the one where they're saying the Chiefs were, but they were engaged in a block, so they were three or four yards past the line of scrimmage on the touchdown to Nicole Hardman to win the game. Uh, but. The rule is you have to be engaged in a block, so you're still not supposed to be three or four yards down. And all the 49ers had to do in that was disengage, and then it would have been an illegal man downfield when he threw the ball. Uh, but as long as they stay engaged, then there's nothing they can really do about it. Uh, but that's and that, I'm not a rules official, not a rules expert, uh, but that's as far as I've heard the rules and read the rules. That's as far as I could tell on it that they were they're both borderline enough that you don't want to swing a game uh, in the Super Bowl calling something that doesn't seem to be, you know, it, it, it wasn't as bad as it looks in some of the pictures. Uh, Texter says, uh, Longhorns were on fire with a three ball. Yes, yes, they were. And I'm a Cowboys fan, but I'm going to say the Packers are going to be next year. I'm not sure they're going to be next. I like I like the bold pick. I like the bold pick. I think Jordan Love's doing well. Uh, I, they got to keep a lot together there, though. That uh, it would be impressive. It would be very impressive if they made that run and got to the Super Bowl next year. Uh, and with respect to Robbie is saying about Tech and losing when scoring 50, that's one of the challenges. Uh, they love it because they just can't recruit there because Lubbock is such a fun place. Look, they have a grid system. I know every time I went up there with bands and they have a grid system, they're very proud of it that their their streets are in a grid. And uh, you can go on the corner of Buddy Holly Street to Buddy and Holly Avenue where it runs into Buddy Holly Overpass and – and have fun there, and they'll but they'll tell you, and then you go, and they go, well, "Where's the hotel?" And they'll be like, "We just take A Street down to Fourth Street, and then you're on Fourth and a Half and A and a Half Streets." It's, they had to build more streets. It's it's yeah. I, I just always laughed. That was one of the things in Lubbock. Everyone was so proud always of the grid system of the roads that they were like, "You can find your way anywhere." <laughs> like, that's not the thing you want to be most proud of in your city. Uh it's just texture. All right, please explain to these Spurs fans that Trey Young will be a terrible trade target. Also, the Mavs are a real contender now because they didn't trade for empty stats guy like Trey Young. <laughs> All right, I, I'm with you. I am not a Trey Young fan because I don't like bulk shooters. 
Uh, I think there are things in a in a perfect world then he would fit really well with the Spurs in a perfect world because he's another scorer. He is uh, he's really good. He's a good passer. He's a good uh, you know seer. But I don't think he plays defense well enough. I don't think he tries to rebound well enough. He does get rebounds. I just don't. I think there's a lot of things he does that makes it hard to go with uh, with a team, and it's it just hard to build a team around a guy like that. And then does Trey Young want to go where the team will not be built around him? The team is going to be built around Victor Wembanyama, and he's going to be now the second guy. Is he okay being the second guy? And every time he comes down the court, you have to be looking for Wimby, not for Trey Young. That's where I think the problems start to arise, that he's not going to be as happy to be there. I don't think it's the right trade to make. I don't think that it would necessarily – I don't think that's a championship team. I think that's a short-sighted – maybe we get there in a couple years. But it is – I'm just – I'm not sold on it. I've heard the theory. Uh, but again, I, I just I, – I'm with you. I'm not as sold on uh, – like guys like that, but it's like Luca. We talk about the maps. Luca has a similar problem, and Luca's better than Trey Young, but Luca has that problem because he's so ball dominant and because he does so much. It's really hard to build a team around that where everyone is still engaged on both sides of the court because they know they're not going to get the ball a ton. They know that on the defensive end that Luca or Trey may be lacking a little bit and may let a guy and just go for a steal instead of trying to got stop it. And so you're trying to get us. So you're having to come off of your guy, and then you look bad on film because you're coming to help over, and then your guy gets a wide open three. So there is issues with it. I, I'm not a huge fan of Trey Young's uh, game, but I have respect for his game. I do have respect. Uh, you know, I, as much as I like, really, really <laughs> hated it. At a, you know, a few years ago, the more I've watched of him over the years, it's not as bad as it seems. Uh, but he does have bad games, and I don't know if he'd be okay with being the number two guy. And I don't know how you take a guy who's a bulk shooter and then say, "We'll cut those shots in half because they have to go to the you know other players." I don't know if you cut his shots in half and make him get good shots. And it's like that thing with Max Aismas, where it's you know when he takes shots that are seven or eight feet behind the line, and they go, "He has that range," and he go, "No, he doesn't." Like I know he hits one out of twenty, but that's not that range. If you can't shoot 30%, 40%, you don't have that range. That's just the reality of, you know, you, that's a bad shot unless you can shoot it, hit it 30, 40% of the time. And, and Trey Young takes too many shots that are way low percentage shots just because he hits one out of 20. And that's annoying if you're a fan of a team because uh, it's not necessarily the best way to win basketball games. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back, get more of the tech sign. Big fat poll today. Who's going to win the Super Bowl next year? Also, if you want to send in uh, favorite commercials, uh, I, you know, I, I watched some of them. Other times I was you know, getting another drink or whatever else I was doing last night, uh, having a conversation with somebody. So I didn't watch them all. Let me know what commercials that are the best and if I have to go back and watch them, or I'm sure I'll see them during all the other sporting events. Uh, and uh, anything else you want to talk, Super Bowl or basketball, send those texts in 512-447-3776 is the text line. We'll be right back with more on the Sports Complex here on the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app and hornfm.com.